Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Fit NP. My name is Valerie Smith. I am owner and CEO, I guess that's the same thing, of Become Her Fitness. I am a family nurse practitioner that is the voice behind this podcast. And tonight we are going to talk about plastic surgery. However, before we get started, if you're new here, we do have to make a little disclaimer. So let's get going. Any views or opinions expressed on the FitMP podcast are personal and belong solely to myself. They do not represent any people, institutions, or organizations that I may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Information exchanged is not to serve as medical advice. You are always consulting, pardon me, you are always advised to seek the advisement of your medical provider before beginning a new fitness, nutrition, or supplement regimen. Okay, got that out of the way. You'd think I'd have it memorized by now, um, but I do not. So, nonetheless, let's get into it. I wanted to talk about plastic surgery on one of my episodes because I personally have undergone multiple procedures and I feel like anybody, not just those that are undergoing extreme weight loss or have undergone extreme weight loss, um, take this route of getting plastic surgery done, but so just day-to-day moms and women who want to feel good about themselves. So I think it's a very broad audience. Um, and I think that everybody can relate a little bit because I myself have undergone um, an extensive amount of weight loss over hundred pounds. I will, you know, my conversation will probably lean towards, um, those who are in the same boat as me or have been in the same boat as me. Um, but by no means does that mean that this information cannot apply to you as well. So let's get right to it. What have I had done? Um, let me back up a little bit. Let's talk about plastic surgery just in terms of society and whatnot. A lot of people have different opinions about plastic surgery. Some people think that it's a very, um, I was going to say a personal choice. It is always a personal choice, but some people always feel that stumbling over my words tonight, people. Let me back up a little. It's been a rough week. Um, what I wanted to say was some people may feel as though it is a private choice and therefore they do not feel comfortable sharing information with other people, sharing that they've had procedures done or tweaks or are undergoing surgeries um, to help them aesthetically. And other people are very open about it. I myself am very open about it. I personally don't think that there's anything to hide. I'm very proud of the things that I have had done because I feel like it has only refined the person that I've wanted to be. So um, whatever you your stance is on that is solely up to you. And don't let anybody bully you into thinking different. If you are private and you don't want people to know what it is that you're getting done, well then so be it. You don't have to share your story. If you want to scream <laughs> on the rooftops and you want to tell people and you want to educate them about your experiences, by all means do that too. Because I think that everybody's experience is different in some way, whether you have your surgeries locally, whether you have your surgeries in other countries, financially, how you're funding them, how expensive they are. People want to know. In fact, there are multiple forums on 
platforms like Facebook and things like that, where you can join groups and women really just kind of support each other and they swap stories and they swap photos. They have the opportunity to learn from one another. So from that perspective, that is why I think it's so important to share your story. Again, do your work. So I will tell you a little bit about my personal experience. So I had bariatric surgery in 2017. However, if you haven't heard my actual story, you can go back to the first couple of podcasts that will kind of explain my timeline and my weight loss and things like that and how that unfolded. But in terms of consistent progressive weight loss, I had the sleeve in 2017 and I was progressively losing weight at a good rate at that point. Prior to 2017, I was working out, I was going to the gym, I was recomping, meaning my physique was looking a little bit different, but I was still very much overweight. After having three children, being very overweight and working out, I had an apron. I had C-sections. My body literally looked like my mother's, bless her heart. Um, but, I, but it did. I had an apron. I had like a midsection, like a mid-belly. My breasts, which were always very large growing up, um, but like large that fit my body, were pendulous and meaning they hung. And um, I was so finally in this stride of like, I'm doing this. I'm in the gym. I'm consistent. I'm eating good. How the weight loss was super slow is a whole nother story. Again, that's in a previous podcast, but I felt like, oh, I, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm okay if I stay at this body, right? So overweight, we're going to talk about that later. Um, stay in this body. I just don't want this hanging stomach. So my husband was so sweet and paid for mommy makeover. That was in 2015. So in 2015, I had my first set of procedures which included a tummy tuck, which was an ex uh, extended tummy tuck, so from hip to hip. There are different ones, one called a fleur de lis, which is a incision going down, ver a vertical incision, as well as across the hips. I did not have that one. So I had a tummy tuck and I had breast implants placed. I also had some contouring lipo, um, that they say is important to just kind of help when you're getting a tummy tuck, just to not have a, such a boxy look. And I also had some inner thigh lipo. As I tell you the things that I've had done in my journey along the way, I will tell you the things that I regret or don't regret or whatnot. Okay. So I had that done in 2015. I will be honest with you. I was never, ever, ever, I never had breast implants on my radar. I was just kind of like, nah, I don't really care. I had big boobs and yeah, they were kind of like hanging, but I never really cared. Um, my stomach was like my biggest issue for me. So my husband was just like, listen, if you're going to get everything done, like if you're going to get this done, you want to look, you know, you know, you want to look good. You know, you're doing the gym thing. Why don't you just get the whole gamut? And I was like, okay, um, I'll do it. So I got fitted for breast implants by someone at the time who think dog the bounty hunter's wife um she had very big big breasts she um was older and keep in mind i was still overweight and i if you don't know what i look like you can head over to become her fitness on instagram and you can see 
even now as a smaller person, I do have a very broad back, broad chest. So her advice to me was, and she was not the surgeon, um, her advice to me was to get a 700 cc implant put in. And I didn't want to pay the extra money, honestly. That's what it came down to for me. So I ended up going with saline versus silicone. So I got these 700s. So it ended up being I had 700 on the right, 720 on the left, just to even it out. Because when you're getting saline, you can do that. I did not get a breast lift because the thought was if I get a big enough implant, maybe I don't need a breast lift. So I got the tummy tuck, contouring lipo on my flanks, breast implants, and um, lipo on my thigh, in, on my inner thighs. You know, the little fat pouches that are on your inner thighs because you're overweight, those. So the thought was, oh, you're young, we can lipo those, you'll totally, you're young and it will spring back and, you know, perhaps you don't ever need anything like a thigh lift. It was bullshit because I was still overweight and I still needed to lose weight. So I ended up getting these procedures done. I will tell you, in terms of my recovery, the breast implants by far were the worst. They were so painful. I ended up getting a pain pump for my tummy tuck. So I had continuous pain management for like my first couple of days, but honestly, it wasn't that bad. The worst part about the tummy tuck was that I was hunched over. You couldn't stand up straight, a lot of swelling, very tight. And at the time I was a bedside nurse. So I was fortunate enough to take 12 weeks off because I worked in the ICU. So I wasn't able to push or pull or lift or anything like that. So I took the whole 12 weeks of um, time off and uh, that's, that's what I did in terms of recovery. Do you really need 12 weeks? Probably not, but I, I'm sure if somebody wants to know how long you do need. And quite frankly, that is very personal. I would like to say that a standard of X amount of weeks will work for everybody, but that's just not true. So I, I, I really can't answer that question. However, the breast implants were super uncomfortable. I had them placed under the muscle. I hated them so much. <laughs> I literally cried in recovery because I thought I looked like I thought they looked like cow udders. I had these massive, high breast implants and this like saggy boob at the bottom. Now, mind you, I never really did a lot of research on breast implants because it wasn't something that I wanted anyway. So I didn't know that they still had to like fluff, drop, all that stuff. Nonetheless, as I recovered, I kind of, they started to grow on me. And um, and I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, I like, I like this. So... Keep in mind, I was still, I think my weight the day of surgery was 207. It might have been 207. It was either 207, 209, or 213. It was one of those, but it was in that range. So, um, and I'm 5'3". So, I was still chunking. Um, a year later, my husband, for Valentine's Day, got me paid for me to get a breast lift because despite the fact that I had these implants, I still had pendulous boobs and I just didn't like the way they looked naked. And, and he didn't really mind. He never said anything, but at this point he was kind of like just super supportive, anything I wanted in my journey. He just really facilitated the best he could. And so he paid for me to get a breast lift. Literally, I would say almost to the day one year later, got a breast lift. And I liked them. I didn't really think it changed me aesthetically. 
that much more because again, I was still overweight and um, I didn't have that sexy augmented look that we see on Instagram. So I was still just kind of like, ugh, this sucks. And I was still very much on a weight loss journey. Probably the exact same weight I was, you know, again, refer to one of the other podcasts and talk about my weight, where you can hear the story about my weight loss, my PCOS, and my struggle with that. So that was in 2016. A year later is when I finally decided to get weight loss surgery. So prior to my weight loss surgery, I had tummy tuck, breast implants, lipo to my thighs, and contouring lipo to my flanks. What I absolutely regretted was lipo to my thighs. Absolutely regretted it because I was still overweight and it never sprung back. And I looked like I had two saggy testicles. And everything else was still big, right? I was still not at goal. I was still not where I wanted to be aesthetically. And so it just didn't look good. Um, and I would still very much hide my thighs. You have to understand that my most comfortable, even when I was overweight, my most comfortable, the two things I loved about myself were my legs and my eyes. And I did not like my legs anymore. I was like, mm -mm, these are terrible. 2016 status post, all that plus a breast lift. And a year later, after a lot of time with an endocrinologist, I ended up getting the sleeve. So I got the sleeve in 2017. I hit my goal weight within like six months. And I very much had, oh, let me back up a little bit. When I got my tummy tuck, they also lifted my hoo-ha. So they didn't lipo my hoo-ha, but they lifted it. So what looked like a fat vagina, because of being overweight, fat vagina, like a large mons pubis, which is that fat pad at the front of your vagina, they lifted that up too, okay? Forgot to mention that. So when I got to my goal weight, I was feeling sexy. I was like, I feel good, and I'm liking this, but my boobs were massive. They were so massive because when I got them, I was well over 200 pounds and at my goal weight, my lowest before I started to recomp and build muscle, I was 135 pounds and my chest was just, I just looked so unproportioned. I began to be very self-conscious, very self-conscious about my breasts. And I have never been self-conscious about my breasts. In fact, if you ask my childhood best friend, she will tell you that I was like literally infatuated with my chest because I just thought I had the greatest boobs growing up. So here I was in this place where I was the leanest I had ever been in my adult life, thinnest, massive boobs, hated them so much, hated them naked. Actually, I'll say naked. I was okay. Hated them with clothes on because I just looked so top heavy. They started to get in the way of my workouts. Um, I started to feel like I had a lot of upper neck and back pain, which I do know now is really not, it's more of a chronic issue for me. So I can't really say now in hindsight that it was my implants. I'm sure it didn't make things any better in terms of my posture, but that wasn't the reason. So let's see, what did I actually get? So I end up, my next set of plastic surgery was an explant which I just had a year ago. 
I finally, I was just like, I am done. I don't want these boobs. I hate these boobs. The plastic surgeon was like, are you sure you don't just want to switch them out? And honestly, like when you make a decision to have plastic surgery, it is such a financial investment because it all builds on itself. Like, it's not like you can just have one procedure. I mean, you can, but it's not typically just where you have one procedure and it's perfect and it ends there unless you are at your goal weight. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So I ended up saying, you know, financially, I was like, I'm, I'm just not, I, and all I wanted was these bags out of my chest. And that is very much how saline felt to me. I always felt like I had these bags in between me and my husband when I was hugging him, me and the children when I was hugging them, me and the mattress when I was laying on my chest. Um, and I just hated them so much. Again, keep in mind, I was never really in the market for them because I was like, I don't really want them, blah, 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 whatever. But I just never loved them. Then they were massive and I was like, yeah, I really hate them even more. So I ended up scheduling my next procedure, which was an explant. So I ended up getting an explant and another lift. Because of course, if you're taking almost two liters out of my chest, my boobs, even though they were already lifted with the implants prior, were gonna be saggy again. So I ended up getting the explant and a lift no, I did not have breast implant illness. No, I did not have anything like that. I know that some women suffer with this. I am a firm believer that if you feel like this is you, that it could very much be a thing, but I don't have any personal experience with that. Just FYI. So I, oh, I'm sorry. So I had them taken out and I remember being in recovery and my surgeon saying, Hey, listen, you doing okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. He's like, I'm just gonna let you know, you're probably gonna want a small implant. And I was like, nope, I don't want anything. You know, and I was like kicking ass in the gym and I wanted my butt bigger. And I didn't necessarily mind this flat look. It was very, for me, it was a very athletic stature. And I didn't mind that because athletic is what I always wanted to look like. So when I finally looked athletic, I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm cool with small boobs. So, um, I wrote it out and, and I enjoyed it and I liked that I could feel my breastbone and all that totally did not have an issue with it. I ended up having another procedure. I had a thigh lift and an arm lift, um, because I started to entertain the idea of competing and I wanted, I've always wanted to compete. It's very much in bikini, very much a, uh, a like a bucket list thing for me. Do I think I'm going to be some pro athlete? Probably not. But, you know, when you look at yourself, I was still doing things like positioning my arms in photos when we'd be on vacation so that you couldn't see my extra arm meet. And I will tell you, even when I was younger, the women in my family have big arms and it was always something I hated. Always hated my arms. Again, I had a very broad back, very broad chest. So I was just big up top. My arms carried a lot of weight as I started to gain weight. So I ended up getting my arms done and my thighs done. I, again, I was not going to get my thighs done because I thought, you know what? My quads are growing. It's not a big deal. It's not like I'm in my 40s. I'm not going to have these booty shorts on. Like, who cares if I have that little tiny skin hanging? Because now that that testicle look that I said that I um, 
had, it was still there, but it wasn't so, so bad because I had lost so much weight and I was in the gym all the time. I mean, it still was saggy in my inner thighs. And my husband was like, listen, if you, he's always like my biggest advocate. He's like, Hey, listen, if you are going to plan to compete, he's like, you always, you say it doesn't bother you, but you reference them all the time. So if you're just going under, meaning under anesthesia, why not just get it all done? I just, I don't know. All right, fine. Got them done. I have to be honest with you. I'm so glad I did because everything is proportionate now. My arms are, are, I don't have wings and my thighs are very well contoured and I am liking the way that I look. So to some, it looks like I have body dysmorphia because it looks like I'm always getting another procedure done. But the reason for that is because the biggest mistake that I made was that I did not wait to start this until I got to my goal weight. So I know that a lot of people in the bariatric community, for example, really like they are itching to get to plastics because it is, we have waited our whole lives, some of us, to get to a place where we just look where we are happy. At, we are in a place where we are happy with what we're seeing. But I think the biggest mistake that we make is that our minds don't quite wrap around the idea that hey, we can actually get smaller. And I think what happens is we get to a weight that is our lowest for our adult life, which may not necessarily be goal, but it's low, so low for us that any, then compared to what we're used to, that we're like, oh, it's never going to get any better than this. I might as well get plastics. I have seen it time and time and time again. And you are having people have plastics with still very high BMIs or moderately high BMIs and although BMI is not the end-all be-all, you end up getting plastic surgery only to have these tweaks done later. What I forgot to mention was that I did, when I had my um, arms and thighs done, I also had my, had lipo done. And I had the lipo of my mons pubis, so my vaginal area, and lipo of my stomach and flanks because I had a tummy tuck. I lost more weight and I had these stubborn pockets of fat and this midline because I had lost more weight, but these pockets of fat did not go away. So you'll, you'll see some women or men even who have had say a tummy tuck a little bit too early and then they have a chunky vagina still, you know, they've lost more weight or they have a chunky vagina and then they have these um, vertical pockets of fat to the left and the right of their abdomen and then their abdomen kind of folds inward. So you have this midline looking, um, uh, abdomen. So I had that, you know, I was going to the gym, I was losing more weight. I was getting fit. I, and so I had that light load, another financial investment, right? So going back to how, why it's important to make sure that you are at your goal weight, you have done everything you've done consistently, before you go under the knife for these procedures, because again, they tend to build on one another if you're not in a place where you should be, right? So going back to what I was saying about what I find that I see in the bariatric community specifically is that adults, adult women for the most part, because I, I have more, I follow more women than I do men. So this, I'm not picking on women. I am just, I am one. So this is just what I really do. 
but a lot of women undergo plastic surgery and they end up undergoing plastic surgery at a time where they probably should have waited and lost a little bit more weight, but they can't necessarily wrap their mind around the fact that they're, that they still can, right? Good enough is good enough. And they go under the knife. Then they don't have the results that they really want. At first they're happy. It's that whole honeymoon phase. And then later they're kind of like, oh my God, or you go under a revision and then, and then you lose even more weight or whatever the case may be. So my best advice to you as somebody who's been there is absolutely 100% be at your maintenance weight for a minimum of one year before you undergo plastics. That I think is so, so huge. So backing up a little. So now I was saying, I feel like I have friends that totally think I have body dysmorphia because I feel like they look at me and they think, oh my God, you're having something else done. But what they fail to realize is that I started this way before I should have. Financially, it is so expensive. Um, I've probably spent, let me think really quick. At this point, well over $30,000 in plastic surgery. And that's not even including like my Botox, my fillers and things like that, which we'll touch upon a little bit. Um, so that is a huge investment. And you have to understand, I'm, I'm like, I pay cash for all this. Like this is, you know, I didn't take out loans where, you know, four years down the line, you're still paying for your tummy tuck and now you've regained or you don't like the way you look or you need something new. So, um, you know, if that's something you have to do and you have to finance your plastics, by all means, do you. But um, you know, that wasn't something that we wanted to do. So to drop, you know, all that money on time was, would be just too steep. And also it is not a medical, not a smart medical move to have multiple procedures on multiple different body planes at the same time. I know people have done it. I know people have done it and not had any issues. I know people that have done it and had multitude of issues. If you're asking my personal opinion, it is not smart. So with that being said, another reason why it looks like, oh my God, I'm having another procedure because I just was not willing to take the chance of cell death, you know, tissue death, revisions like that. So I did things once at a, you know, one at a time. I will tell you now I am re-implanting for those of you who know me. And for those of you who don't, I am re-implanting something I said I would never do. Um, but I will tell you that as my body continues to build curves, um, the two lifts and the explant have left my chest looking very flat and square. I don't necessarily mind the flat, but the square is kind of what bothers me the most. Um, would I be, if, if I had no means to do another breast implant, would I be okay with it? 110%. It's not absolutely, again, same mindset with breast implants. I don't have to have it, but there are certain things I feel sexy and there are certain things that I just can't wear right now because I have no upper pole fullness. I, again, am almost in my mid forties. So you have to understand that surgery or not surgery, age is age. So I do have some breast tissue um, fullness at the bottom, but that's it. So this is more of a vanity thing for me, for sure. Not to mention my husband is very much a titty man and, uh, that's, I'm just doing it. I have the means to do it. And so I am. Um, and, the, and it'll end there because quite frankly, I don't have anything else to surgically tweak. 
um, which is kind of a good segue into fillers. So when we're talking plastic surgeries and things like that, um, you know, that also does encompass things like augmenting your face with fillers and whatnot. I personally never had an issue with muscle contraction issues. So like things for like Botox and stuff until just the last six months is when I first ever got Botox. I got fillers pretty last year is when I started rotating my fillers. So I have had my cheeks done, my under eyes and my lips done. Yeah. I've lost a lot of volume. Um, and so mine was more of a volume issue. So that's why I have a lot more fillers than I do Botox. I just started Botox, more of a preventative thing this year. Like I said, I just had my second, second go around. My first one was about six months ago. Um, I don't mind it. I like it. Um, sometimes in the, I've noticed that the last two times, like right when I get it after about a week and I can't frown anymore, I have to like literally tell people like, Oh, just, Oh my God, I'm, I'm totally frowning right now. But my Botox is like at its peak. So, um, not necessarily something that I have to do. That's kind of more of like, yeah, I'll get it. But my fillers, I absolutely love. I And I have pictures posted at Become Her Fitness on Instagram right now where you can take a look. My under eye filler, I feel like was the biggest aesthetic change in my face. And then my cheek fillers. The person that I go to, my injector, she is very, very um, conservative. She is older than I am. She is, I think, in her 60s. And she is very conservative. And that is absolutely why I love her because if you look at photos or you know people in your where you live it can get very crazy very fast with fillers there is a certain Hollywood look or whatever not at all what I ever want to look like um, I don't want these super accentuated um, high cheekbones it's not who I am I want to just look like I got a really good nap in and I feel like I've achieved that with the fillers and Botox that I get done my best financial advice to you would be to put them in rotation. If, again, these are investments in yourself, yes, but they are costly. So one syringe could potentially be anywhere from like five to seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. So it just depends on what you're getting done. My cheek fillers are by far the most expensive because I put a syringe in each. So I, and they last about nine months to a year. So you have to put things into rotation unless you, unless you're balling like that. I mean, then you can do whatever you want, but so what I'll do is like, all right, I do cheeks, then I'll do lips, then I'll do eyes, you know, and just kind of touch them up as you go. I have touched my eyes up since, so I've had that done twice. Cheeks not yet. That'll probably come closer to the summer. I just added some more uh, volume to my lips and that kind of builds on itself. So um, I still always use a syringe in my lips. And I like it. I like the fullness. It's not over the top. Looks very natural in my opinion. So we have talked procedures. We have talked fillers. We've talked Botox. We've talked timelines. Um, we talked when plastics should be, you know, when should we have plastics? And, and that's when we were talking about that whole um, waiting till you're uh, at goal. So I'll do a little bit about my uh, uh, upcoming things, you know, in terms of fillers and whatnot, advice, and cost in recovery. So I think we pretty much covered it all. Um, in terms of the actual products, I have to be honest with you, I don't know that I necessarily, I think I used Juvederm initially in my lips. 
think I used Restylane in my cheeks. I used a new product, something kiss in my lips this last time. You know what? I really don't remember what I used under my eyes, but that is the just of it. And then Juvo is what I use instead of Botox, which is essentially the same product, but that's what I used for my, my um, muscle contractions. So yeah, that is our plastic surgery chat. That is, you know, my story and, and my journey with plastic surgeries. Those are the tidbits that I have to offer. I do know that a lot of people go out of the country um, for their plastic surgery. I want you to know that um, there are very different standards of medical care. And these are things that, although again, right, people go tend to go out of the country because financially the, the burden is heavy. It's, it's expensive here. Um, but I honestly would encourage you that if you are looking to have plastic surgery, that you really do do your homework and that you pay attention to the aesthetics that people walk out of when they deal with a particular surgeon. So are his clients, do they look like you want to look? You know, not everybody is really good at giving you that hourglass figure. Not every, it's just like a hairdresser, right? You have hairdressers that are like kick-ass colorists, but they don't cut that great. Or they cut really good, but the color's not that great. You know, everybody has their gift. And sometimes you can't get the whole package in one surgeon. So you have to rein in who is going to meet your needs the best. Um, I never got anything like um, butt implants or butt lifts or anything like that. And although I'm sure my surgeon can do them, I don't necessarily think that's his forte. But it's not something that I ever wanted. So it didn't matter to me whether it was or wasn't. You know, some people get plastic surgery, they get their tummy tucks and they look very square. You know, that that is not necessarily just genetics, right? That can be still too much weight or the technique of your surgeon. So really keep these things under consideration when you're looking. If you're gonna make the financial investment in yourself, I would say if you have to save just a little bit longer and then you can get it done in an area that's closer to home where God forbid something go wrong, a local physician would not be turned off to touching that work or caring for you, I would do that. Just save your money and, and go somewhere local. I know a lot of people that have gone to places like Mexico or the Dominican, Costa Rica, and they have had surgery and they have been just fine. You know, I work in medicine, so I can only speak to our standards of care here in the United States. I just say do your homework and be prepared for un- Planned for unplanned costs. Okay. There's a young lady, I just saw her story not that long ago, where she was just in so much pain and they were not medicating her appropriately for pain. And I just thought, this is insanity to have a young woman who has just undergone a multitude of surgical procedures and they are not managing her pain. Do you know how difficult that must be? We had somebody. To my mind. We had somebody in the community who had this um, very rare reaction to surgery and ended up having so, a few years ago so, so many medical costs after that, after returning back to the United States. So again, by no means am I dismissing the expertise of somebody in another country because schooling is schooling, right? I would just say that um, be prepared for un unplanned costs and, and potentially things that can go wrong, you know, if, especially if you have children, 
back home or jobs and whatnot, you end up getting stuck in another country. It's just like things to take into consideration. Again, you guys are no dummies, so I'm sure you have and, and you do that. I urge you, you know, my best advice having been there to get to your goal weight. And I know that you may be in a place where you feel like you're not going to get any smaller than you are now, but with some hard work and consistency, you probably will. So don't cheat yourself. Just be patient and um, get to a, a decent BMI and a decent body stature where you will undergo procedures that you will come out and feel good about yourself and lessen the cost in the long term. If you have any questions, you are more than welcome to visit my Instagram page at Become Her Fitness and drop me a DM. I am always available. You can also comment on any of the posts, um, asking questions, and I would be more than happy to help the best way that I can. So I'm going to do a part two to this. Uh, I have a podcast that I had my husband on and I got some really good feedback. You guys really liked us kind of talking together. And um, I know that a lot of us are married or have significant others that perhaps have different views of plastic surgery and augmenting things. So I'm going to do part two next week with him on deck. And we are going to talk about his perspective of plastic surgery and what his thoughts were, because although he did financially support the changes, that doesn't mean that mentally he was ready for what came along with them or, you know, was really on board with, with what I have done. So again, I am so thankful that you're here. I would really appreciate it if you would rate and comment on whatever platform that you listen to the Fit NP on. It is very much appreciated. If you have questions, hop on over to Become Her Fitness. I look forward to getting your feedback and stay tuned for part two of Plastics, His Perspective coming next week. Have a great week. I hope that some of this aligned with you and answered some of your questions. Keep in mind to support your fellow woman. We are out here. We are doing our best. Even on the days that we struggle, we still keep our head up and keep it moving and just do the damn thing. So support one another. Have a great week.